You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. Coming to you live from a pre-recorded place in... <laughs> Whatever. It's International RSS, the unofficial recording podcast. Good afternoon, or good evening, or good morning, whichever. This is Brandon, uh, Sans Travis. Again, I, I keep recording stuff without him. Not that I like doing that. It just happens to be that way. Uh, today, we have another bonus episode for you. Uh, we're not talking about Rick and Morty main thing right now, not until November 20th. But instead, we have an interview, this time with the great Lee Hardcastle, the clay animator from over across the sea. Well, unless you're over across the sea, I'm in, in America. So whatever. anyway, he came out with a short summer sleepover. It's on Adult Swim. Uh, you can see it on HBO Max. You can see it a few different places at this point in time, uh, as well as uh, Adult Swim's YouTube channel. So go check it out. But it premiered last night on TV. Uh, it is a about a 10 minute animated short featuring summer. It's very, very trippy. It's very, very cool. The art behind Clay Animation is amazing and fantastic, and he does a great job. So I got a chance to sit down with him, ask him a few questions, and talk to Lee Hardcastle. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you later. Bye. I won't be back after the interview, just to let you know. Okay, see you later. Bye. It is such a, a unique kind of story. What is your, I guess, influence uh, behind coming up with summer sleepover specifically like that? That's it was, oh, it was, yeah, it was a really tricky one because um, there was a lot of development in the idea because when I was approached to do the project, it was a case of, um, well, basically, well, they said they said straight away, um, would you be interested in doing a shot for Rick and Morty and, and, and would like to do one that strayed away from actual Rick and Marty and focus a bit more on one of the family members. Uh-huh. Um, so I chose to focus on Summer and have a setting of where she's at a sleepover. And I just thought that was a very easy situation to sort of let things happen. And... Um, Initially, I was coming up with ideas that were a bit too violent for adults, women. They wanted to tone it down a lot more um, just for TV standards. And so I had to take a bit of a different approach and sort of come up with more creative ideas that weren't necessarily just action and violence. And and that led me down this, uh, yeah, the story that we got in front of us, this, this one... <laughs> <laughs> where they're all tripping out at the sleep sleepover, basically. So I was like, yeah, what I was trying to think like what horror we could do where we don't see any blood and guts. And I was just trying to focus on staying away from that side of it and make it more slimy, a lot more like, you know, safer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more, uh, more Cronenbergian or, uh, I mean, like that slimy, that kind of gooey. <laughs> uh, yeah. More, more Nickelodeon and less, <laughs> less evil dead, I guess. I, I wasn't going to say Nickelodeon, but, uh, but you, you brought it up. So yeah, Nickelodeon gack. Uh, <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely noticed that. Um, and, and you know, there's, uh, there, there's a lot of kind of trippy kind of camera work uh, on there as well. Uh, you know, how, how difficult is it? Um, to kind of incorporate those those pieces of like moving the camera and the lighting uh, in into the the animation. 
Oh, it's stop motion animation. It's um, it's a completely different ball game to to actual full scale. I've always found the lighting aspect of it very satisfying to do and easy, just because of the scale. Oh. Um, you can really play around with things without having to do it so grandiose with you know attaching lights in the ceilings and stuff like that. So I've always enjoyed and and had that part of it very easy. Never had any problems with that, but moving the camera, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the movement involved, it's actually a lot easier these days for me because I've got a rig oh. um, set up called an animator's cube, and that will, I, I can I can sort of like program the camera to go wherever it wants in this sort of three-dimensional cube space. And so I try and try and use that to, to its advantage. Um, so that's made, him, that's made my life a lot easier, and that's how I do things these days. Um, but back in the past, I used to have to manually manipulate the camera. I used to push it along. As you would animate a puppet, you'd animate the camera just in the same respect. Do, do you uh, come up with those shots well in advance? Do you kind of have this idea of you want a, you know kind of a zooming-in shot or, or a pan or... A, a bit of both. Sometimes I'll have uh, an elaborate shot that I want to do and I'll have to really think about how I'm going to go about doing it. And then the flip side to that is being on set and looking at the storyboards and maybe just trying to make a shot a bit more interesting rather than what's storyboarded there. And 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 so half the time I find myself just thinking, oh, well, what, what if I do it like this and I'll play with it and see what it looks like, do a quick test. And I'd be like, oh, well, yeah, maybe we'll go down that road. We'll do that. Yeah, right, right, right on around. We mentioned, we mentioned the, the goo, right? Uh, the, it's so cool to incorporate that sense of viscosity, right? Uh, to, to have that, that goo dripping down uh, for, for certain shots. Uh, like it is, uh, what is the process? I mean, I, you don't have to go too too deep into the process of that, but like, how? What is the difficulty level of incorporating those aspects? Those are it's actually quite easy. Like, as an animator, when I'm animating, I find the well to the outside perspective, it's like, oh, Lee's got a very big fascination with gore and and splatter and blood. And I do, but it's it's <laughs> also the technique that's involved when it comes to animating, which is so frantic on set, because you're you're sen- essentially doing something called time lapse. A time lapse is where you take a series of photographs over a space of time, and then you watch it back in twenty four frames per second, and everything's very fast, so you can see a snail whizzing by, going, <laughs> you know, like these kind of effects. Um, so when I'm animating, what I do is I like to have uh, the time-lapse process essentially happening. So things will be happening in real time very slowly, but I'll also be animating my puppets um, in the same environment. So you end up with this effect where everything's dripping around them and it looks very natural, and that's because it is. And it's actually like, huh. I guess it's dripping maybe like a thousand times slower or a hundred times slower than it is in real life. But then I'm capturing it and playing it back in this... You know, and it gives, and I love that effect. I love it so much. And um, yeah, I try and incorporate loads of that in, in my work, just just because it looks great and and it's so fun to do on set. Like it's so messy as well. Like my keyboard <laughs> is just absolutely plastered in in paint and and <laughs> art materials. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's great. 
it's such an interesting thing to think about that the stop motion because it it is it is very it's slow right it's pain it has to be painstaking to get all these details uh in, in each of these these movements for arms and legs and face and etc to to have it be frantic at the same time <laughs> uh it, it seems yeah. <laughs> it seems to to compete with each other um you know what what other challenges and opportunities do you kind of look for when when you're designing an animation well um i've always in the past i've always approached it from a filmmaker's perspective uh, as a live action filmmaker with with regard to um the camera shots and the editing and the pace of it and the visual you know i've just really um approached it that way um I'm not because I've I've never really been that proper animator as a as 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 a regular usual animator. Um, I've always used animation to make films, um, and and so when I approach a new project now, like I definitely do try and think about when it comes to coming up with stories and the ideas. Like when I'm when I'm thinking about those, I'm thinking about what will actually look good on camera. Yeah. So you know. A load, of, a load of slime dripping everywhere. It's like, well, how can we get that involved in a story? Let's, you know, it's that sort of thinking. Got, got, gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, you your your influences are wide. Uh, the first time I ever saw anything that you you'd done was in the, the ABCs of horror, of course. Uh, T T is for toilet. Um, yeah. And uh, so, just the the things you you've done is great. And and I just uh, you know putting together that you did the non-canonical adventures as well uh it's very 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 cool the great thing about rick and morty i think is is there's a little bit of everything for for everyone uh as far as like pop culture or philosophical thoughts or or even just like theory crafting at this point in time yeah uh, yeah I, mean, I remember that being i remember that being the first thing that i picked up on rick and morty was just how obscure some of the references were actually like i remember when they were talking about needful needful things yeah. <laughs> it was such a random film yeah, you know? Fri Fri friday the 13th and uh, uh ray bradbury yeah yeah uh, is are those the types of things that that keep you coming back to the the ip um i just find it i find it interesting i find it really intriguing as a, as a tv show um i think it's you know, it, it, it's quite brave in, in in a way that it in the in the way that it sort of deals with everything. I think is is there a, a an episode that you think that you know you you want to take and bring it break it into a long form uh, clay animation version that would jump no, out? you know, to be really honest with you, I've I've only really watched most Rick and Morty episodes once through. <laughs> and it was and it was when they came out at the time so it's been a little while since i've seen seen much rick and morty to be honest with you like I, and somebody yeah i didn't i should really have brushed up on my rick and morty before coming on these interviews somebody <laughs> was asking me the other day which episode i kind of liked the most or what stood out and i was like ah, i can't I can hardly remember a lot of them but um i i, I remember the, the one episode that really stood out for me was the one where the time fractions oh, yeah. and it goes splits in half and then it fractions again and goes into four and i i just like it when a tv show does that kind of thing like just you know does something a bit unusual a bit bit different and and just explores ideas in that way and i think that's what rick and marty does and um 
But yeah, I can't think of an episode like that. I just can't think, oh yeah, that was one that I'd... Well, but I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> what well, the one with Jerry, the one with Jerry where he's sort of like as the uh he's sort of like He's in the Cronenberg world and he's got the oh. shotgun and his <laughs> wife respects him and everything. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like that could be a, a nice place to start. Well, you, you you said you said you couldn't think of an episode, but you saw you, the Needful Things one, uh, the the Jerry episode, and, and the season. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what actually sticks in your head here because <laughs> you know that Needful Things episode. I remember it was about about seven years ago now when I watched that. Yeah, yeah, a lot time ago. <laughs> well, so I last question I have. Non Rick and Morty related, but uh, you know, again, I saw you in in, in uh, ABCs of horror, uh, mm. and uh, so it is Halloween. With it being Halloween and all, uh, what are some of your favorite horror films, and uh, what what would be one that you'd recommend for the season for uh, for maybe like horror beginners? Ooh, horror beginner, horror beginner. Um, for a horror beginner. I'd recommend um, something like Poltergeist, the the 80s version mm. produced by Steven Spielberg. Um, I remember watching that as a kid and feeling, uh, I remember thinking it was terrifying. But it's that, it's, it's that It's that good, yeah, the clown, exactly. <laughs> Just, it's, yeah, it's amazing, like all the little things that they made really scary in there, like they even made the tree scary, you know um and yeah i think i think that's a perfect entry level horror film and then for the for your older older audience i'd jump in with with evil dead 2 mm, nice. and then when you're feeling and then when you're feeling really brave i'd go you know like i'd go i'd go i'd go with something like the blair witch project i think that's a great i think that's a great sort of autumn film yeah hey that, that that's good that's good i, I was just over uh i was watching like the top 100 films or scary moments and and blair witch is up there on the top so that that's a good that's a good pick that's a good pick uh well well lee uh i think i think my time is up with you but uh i just want i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk to me uh and uh doing this just amazing work that you do uh continually impressed and uh, I can't wait to see what you come up with in the future. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I just turned my, turned my microphone down because the pinball machine, the Rick and Mike pinball machine's talking away. Yeah, don't, 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 rub, don't rub in that pinball machine, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And I'm back. I lied. I'm back. But now I'm gone. Have a great one, everybody. Thanks. Bye.